We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. How much is enough, Gordon? The richest 1% of this country owns half our country's wealth, $5 trillion. One third of that comes from hard work. Two thirds comes from an inheritance, interest on interest accumulating to widows and idiot sons. And what I do, stock and real estate speculation. You got 90% of the American public out there with little or no net worth. I create nothing. I own. We make the rules, pal. The news, war, peace, spam, and upheaval, the price of a paperclip. We pick that rabbit out of the hat while everybody sits out there wondering how the hell we did it. Now, you're not naive enough to think we're living in a democracy, are you, buddy? It's the free market. And you're part of it. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Talking and they're saying that you're leaving. So unhappy with the way that you've been living. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, the original Wall Street, talking about how the world works, how uh, certain people make the rules, and how they control everything that's going on. And uh, you know, we're not under the under the illusion that we're living in a democracy. Well, you know what? I think a certain a certain a certain portion of that is probably true, and we're just starting to see it. We're just starting to see the reality of it as we see how we're, our lives are being controlled by the people in Sacramento and the people in Washington D.C. and the people in in the uh, mayor's office in our each individual cities, and how uh, and how it has to be somebody else's agenda because it just doesn't seem to be real what we're hearing on tv and what we're seeing on the streets and what we're seeing at the hospitals and what we're seeing at the doctor's offices don't seem to be don't seem to be adding up i also had that song changed by john Waite from uh, i don't know 1980 or something um because i think we're uh, we're seeing the change you know we're seeing what's going on you know it's it's uh, some things will never change and we're being told hey here was normal now this is what's today, and then we're, when we get back to normal, it's going to be the new normal that we're going to have to ex- have to be expecting to to live. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I think I think there will be a certain amount of new normal when we get back to work, and it better be soon, or else there's going to be a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff that's going to change permanently. But I think uh, I think they're uh, you know hey you know what if nothing else if everybody just starts washing their hands regularly which, hey, you know what, just wash your hands and don't touch your face. Just wash your hands and don't touch your face. You don't realize what a big change that is because people don't wash their hands. And uh, we've talked about this many times. We've talked about this many times. So it's, uh, uh, I think that's, that's going to be the biggest deal. When we all go back to work, I don't think we're going to be wearing masks, but we're going to be not right on top of each other. We're going to be conscious of getting in people's faces, which people ought to be conscious of anyway, because, you know, people come talk to me and they get right in my face. And I just want to say, Tic Tac, would you like a Tic Tac? You know, if, if, uh, if that, if that becomes a problem, then you're too close and uh, we need to respect other people's space. And I think uh, people just need to wash their hands, be conscious of it, be conscious of where germs come from and how they get passed around. And then we could probably go back to pretty much normal, pretty much normal. But, and I'm going to talk about, that and how it's 
com- continue this this last week and uh, and add on to stuff that happened uh, what we talked about last week and I add on to what's happened in the in the week since and uh, but before I do let me introduce myself my name is Ed Hoffman from Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate out there, and believe me, there's some fantastic opportunities out there, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. Whether it's picking up a new piece of real estate and you need financing, or whether it's doing a refinance on something that you already own, call me. Call me first. Uh, or if you're if you're a senior and you want to get involved in one of those uh, crazy uh, those crazy financing tools that everybody's talking about that reverse mortgage thing, you want some straight straight talk about it? Call me eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you don't want to talk on the phone but you still want to get some information, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and it'll take you to my lending page where you can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman. And we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And believe me, this uh, in the past few months, it's gotten really, really puzzly. And a lot of people calling in and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I had planned on having uh, Josh Steck, the uh, founder of uh, Sunday Homes, uh, on the show. But he had a family emergency, so he will be with us next week to talk about the the uh, status of the real estate market today. But if you want some information from me, 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and we can talk in cyberspace until it's time to talk on the telephone or in person, if we ever get to be in person again, which I think will be in the next couple of weeks. So uh, if you hear something you want repeated, you can also on edhoffman.net, you can go to the podcast page and hear this show as well as several past shows. Uh, and you can listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on so- SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it every uh, every week when we upload it. You can it'll download automatically to your phone or your computer, or your iPad, your or your iPod or your Mini Pad or your Maxi Pad or your or your iWatch, whatever you listen to podcasts on. It'll be there whenever you want it. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, all week long and the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman and uh, follow us and uh, be a part of it. Get involved. So anyway, let's talk about, so last week, last week we played a little game called follow the Fauci, where we went over the darker details of the task force doctors past. If you missed it, there's a link on my, on edhoffman.net that goes to the full video of pandemic. But as of this morning, as of this morning, Friday morning, uh, that website was taken down. I don't know if it's a computer problem on their side, or if uh, or if the or if the big brother big brother blocked it. But we're gonna leave that that link up there anyway, just in case it comes back up and it goes to the full to the full uh, the full video with all the clips that we took from uh, with the interview of Dr. Uh, Judy Mikovits. Um, I would I would encourage you all to go there, and if you and if you just want to hear the first half of last week's show, so if you go to the podcast page and go to the the May eighth show, the first half of it is all about pandemic, and it's all about follow the Fauci. So if you didn't hear it last week, I encourage you to go on there and listen to the first half of it. Listen to the whole show, but the first half is all about Fauci, his past, and some of the uh, questionable things that are going on with this plant, with this pandemic. So uh, this week we got to listen to a bunch of, of senators kiss Fauci's butt over, uh, over zoom, uh, over zoom. For those of you that haven't, do, haven't done a video conference on zoom, zooms, the program that they, that they use um, as part of his official testimony. So let's follow up on the Fauci with a few statements from this week. And again, you can make your own decision. No, the the biggest thing that I complain about is that hey, we listen we listen to what's on TV and we don't question it. I listen to them and I listen to what's on Fox and I listen to what's on on uh, the radio and I listen to what's on. Then I switch over to PMS, NBC, or the Communist News Network for as long as I can stomach it. And and then I think about and I talk to nurses when I go to the doctor and I talk to people I know and I put it all together and I go, does this make sense to me? Which is what we all should be doing. But some people, some people apparently uh, hear something and they make up a de- decision. 
especially if you see it on social media. Oh, Trump ever does is lie. Oh, yeah? What did he lie about? Crickets. So they just hate. Someone told him that. All he does is continuously lie. I listened to that this morning on, uh, on Outnumbered uh, before we started recording. So, uh, so, so we got to listen to them all kissing his butt. So let's follow up on what's, what's going on. In one, in one of the more troubling statements, Fauci implied that adults should not return to work, children should not return to school, and colleges must stay closed until there's a vaccine and a cure for the virus. Until there's a vaccine and a cure? Well, how long is that going to be? 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? You know, it's been, it's been 15 years since the SARS virus, uh, which was another coronavirus from 15 years ago. And they don't have, they don't have a uh, cure for that either or a vaccine. So uh, I don't know. And, uh, and before, before I go further, there was a tweet from Dr. Uh, Judy Mikovits this morning, being Friday morning when I'm recording. And uh, because uh, everybody's trying to, to discredit her. So her tweet this morning was, as I get it here on my phone, uh, she, she tweeted out, I'll go to Congress tomorrow and support everything I've said with data. In this country, we don't silence discussion of data and what it means. That's not how science works. A White House petition has emerged to encourage me to testify before Congress. So she's not going tomorrow. But what she means is, hey, I'm ready to go and testify with all the data that's out there, and and let's talk about it. Let's not just let's not just say what uh, Fauci says and and take it as gospel. Let's question it. Let's question why we're shutting down the whole economy, why we're destroying our whole our whole uh, country over this. Before we just say, hey, why well, this little uh, short gray haired guy uh, who's been uh, who we've been listening to for all these years, and and uh, a lot of people forget what what was in his past. Um, let, before we do that, I'm willing to go in and testify and let everybody question me on my data. So that says a lot to me. So, uh, so, so this week in the, in the hearings, Fauci's not talking about hotspots uh, and, and let's not go, to, go back to work or go back to school and just the hotspots, the areas like New York City uh, or Washington or Washington State. He's talking about the entire country. If Americans start working and learning again, Fauci says we'll be back to square one. What I've expressed then and again is my concern that if some areas, cities, states, or what have you, jump over those various checkpoints and prematurely open up without having the capability of being able to respond effectively and efficiently, my concern is that we will start to see little spikes that might turn into outbreaks. Little spikes that might turn into outbreaks. You know, uh, we might have little spikes of the flu, too. We might have little spikes of colds. We might have little spikes of, uh, of uh, chicken pox. And we might have little spikes of uh, whatever. We could have a lot of things, but we don't stop the whole country because of it. Um, thankfully, Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, um, had no problem stating the obvious. The history of this, when we look back, will be of wrong prediction after wrong prediction after wrong prediction, starting with uh, Ferguson in England. So I think we ought to have a a little bit of humility in in our uh, belief that we know what's best for the economy. And as much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. And I agree with him. And, and, you know, I think uh, I like Rand Paul. I respect him. He's got he's a very logically thinking guy. Uh, maybe a little bit like his dad, but his dad was kind of a whack job, uh, Ron Paul. Um, but I do like Rand Paul. I think he's, uh, I think he's a clear thinker. Um, in another unsettling piece of testimony, Fauci seemed to say he's getting personal gratif- gratification from seeing all of us regular Americans. I don't know what that means, regular Americans, with masks on our faces every day. But some sort of mask-like facial covering, I think for the time being, should be a very regular part of how we prevent the spread of infection. And in fact, the more and more as you go outside, right here and where I'm sitting in Washington, D.C., you can see many people out there with masks on, which gives me some degree of comfort that people are taking this very seriously. Yeah, I see, I see it going a little overboard. I see people driving around in their car with the, with the windows rolled up with masks on their faces. Hmm. And then I was uh, putting gas in our uh, in our truck before we uh, drove out to Arizona two weeks ago, and uh, and I was out there 
you know, I, I put a, I put a towel around so I don't, when I grab the, the gas pump and, uh, and, but I didn't have a mask on cause I'm not getting that close to anybody and in the open air. And my wife says, uh, people, some lady pulled up with her window open and her mask on. And when she saw me without a mask, she rolled her window up. And I think we're taking it a little far, a little far. So not only is Fauci inspired by the way the rest of us have to walk around like masked zombies, um, which reminds me of a story. We were in Sam's Club out here in Bullhead, Bullhead City, and this little boy was crying uh, and sitting in the basket. And his mom and his grandma are pushing the thing with masks on their face. And I said, you know why he's crying? Because he's been abducted by two masked bandits. So they laughed happily. I was I was worried that they might say, "Hey, well, stick it up your butt, dude. You're not you're not you don't have a mask on." But anyway, they laughed. They saw the humor in it. I'm glad they were uh, normal. But uh, you know, but he he doesn't. It's not only he's inspired by the rest of us walking around with our masks on like zombies. But we but if we've had enough of the mask, it means we aren't taking the virus seriously anymore. Fascinating, considering that this widely respected doctor who we're all supposed to be listening to what he said about masks just two months ago. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. So now America will be a place where everyone only leaves their houses for essential activities, which for some reason don't include work or school, and only if they're covering half their faces like women suppressed under Sharia law. But it doesn't stop there. If you're ever allowed to go back to work, you won't be allowed to shake hands with anyone ever again. I don't think we ever should ever shake hands ever again, to be honest with you. Not only would it be good to prevent coronavirus disease, it probably would decrease the incidence of influenza dramatically in this country. Well, if every if what I think uh, shaking hands wouldn't be so so uh, so hazardous to our health, if everyone would just go back to washing their hands, I mean, would start washing their hands and we could go back to shaking hands. And it won't be a problem. But, you know, I think that that's going to be a good thing that came out of this is people will be will be uh, conscious of uh, of germs and they'll be washing their hands like they should have been doing all along. Speaking of going back to work, my niece, Brienne, she owns a uh, starlet, the starlet hair, hair salon in Lakewood. One is one of many, many business owners who've had it with the with the restrictions and wants Gavin Newsom to know that she and her and other licensed cosmetologists, estheticians and hairstylists are essential workers. She shared her thoughts on Facebook Live this week, and I asked her permission to use it. Now, if, if her emotions change from one sentence to the other because we cut it up because she is so passionate. She said some things that we probably couldn't play on the radio, but uh, I, think, I think we got the best parts of it, and I, and I love her passion. We have decided to go to the Capitol and protest. Um, a group, probably about 100 of us, licensed hairstylist. So if you guys can join us on Monday, the 18th, we are headed up to Sacramento to go protest. Um, when we do protest, we are requiring that all of us licensed people wear our PPE material. We are going to be there to show them that we have the knowledge to keep ourselves safe, to work our job. Um, we are going to be respectful. We are going to look professional. Um, we're asking all estheticians to wear their lab coats. Um, all hairstylists to wear their, you know, their capes, their basically whatever you wear to work to keep yourself safe. We want it there. So let me kind of explain like what we are doing right now. Gavin Newsom wants nothing to do with opening hair. He will literally single-handedly take down our industry. This is my livelihood. This is what pays for my lights. Um, I support nine other women in my shop. Um, I can't take this sitting down. This, sorry, I don't want to cry. This is what I do. This is my heart. I have tied everything into my salon. And everything is going to be taken away like that. Thank God I have an amazing team to stand behind me because the salon owners that I have talked to do not have that. This is not just 
hairstylist making you guys feel pretty. We went to training for 1600 hours, you guys. I can't even, I was gonna print out our codes and regulations. I don't even have enough paper on hand for that. It is 166 pages long of health codes and things that we, do you know if I drop a comb, I have to pick it up with a tissue? That is how thorough it is. Doctors are allowed to keep their gloves on their walls with like little rats? No, I'm not. Phase three people, we need your voices up in Sacramento. If you cannot make it, like I said, write some people. Write Gavin Newsom. Start tagging him. Start making your your voice heard. We cannot be quiet anymore, you guys. He is going to rob us of our livelihood. Yep, this is the the passion. If you if you guys want to see the the whole uh, Facebook live, uh, her name is Brienne Lightfoot. So if you search her, um, she posted that on Wednesday, I think Wednesday or Thursday, um, and somehow somehow the uh, the bloodline keeps the passion in it, and uh, and the some of the vocabulary is very similar to how I talk when I'm not on the radio as well. So uh, in addition to that. I got a text from uh, from Don and I have uh, uh, three kids. Our oldest our oldest kid is uh, Brett. He works for a company that makes uh, rubber products, rubber uh, O rings, and injection molded stuff. And they're part of a big giant oil company. And uh, they've been on they've been working from home for uh, for several weeks now. And uh, he said that the company is starting to force people to retire. The older people force them into retirement and they're laying off. And he said the bit, the, he said the business is dying and he's afraid that his job's just going to be gone. And he's been there about 20 years and, uh, and he's, and he's worried about the business is dying because the longer we keep this on, think about this, this paycheck protection program gives you two and a half months. We've been, we've been staying at home for two months already. This has gone for two months. It's ridiculous, and uh, and the the and people don't realize the 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 hurt it's putting on people. And just giving them another little piece of taxpayers' money doesn't fix that. It doesn't fix it. It's it's we need to get our economy going back. We need to stop being so so over the edge, overreaching crazy on this stuff there are people that are at risk people that have immune uh, immune deficiencies uh that have you know that people with asthma people that are people that are in their 60s or 70s people that are you know that are are clear clear uh risk uh we got we got uh, don got a text from uh one of our one of our friends and said yeah she's got a uh, a friend who's been in the hospital for four weeks with coronavirus and i said hey ask her if if he's ha- has any other uh, medical problems, oh yeah, he's got all kinds of medical problems. He's on dialysis, and he's got this and got that. He's got he's been fighting all kinds of medical problems. People that have medical problems, coronavirus makes it worse. People that that are healthy just need to be mindful of of there's a virus out there and and keep your distance, keep your distance, and you know don't cough in people's faces and don't get that close to people that you can you can. Uh, you know, breathe the breathe the uh, the vapors coming out of their mouth when they breathe or when they when they talk. No, we don't have to shut our whole economy down. But I think the Democrats have a little bit of an agenda here because we have a presidential election coming up, and there's got to be something dramatic happen uh, for them to be able to elect Mr. Magoo in uh, in favor in, uh, above our our rock solid razor sharp president that we have, who's handling uh, bullets from from every direction and still keeping this country going. So we need to be, we need to be conscious of that. I talked to, uh, to Ben Clymer, who is the president of the Riverside Lincoln club. And he said, he said that all the protests and all the, all the fighting is helping. There's uh there was 10 counties that were open back in California as of two days ago, yesterday, it said 17 counties. And he said, we're putting the pressure on because Gavin Newsom knows he's losing this fight. All he's trying to do is, control the spin so it doesn't look like he's not in control of it he wants to hey i'm working with the mayors and the county people and i'm trying to work with them to make sure that we do it safely nobody wants to do it unsafely but we need to get back to work we need to stop 
Well, you know what? I don't want to go back to work. I'm scared. You're scared because your take-home pay at your at your job was less than what you're getting on unemployment. That's the problem, and that was part of the that was part of the plan when when Nancy Pelosi put that into the to the last relief bill. And we're going to talk about the next relief bill right after the break. So I'm all out of time for this half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll be back with more of what's going on. Don't go away. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM590, the answer. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio typically because if you're not in the market, uh, it's not quite as interesting as when, you, when you're in the market. But if you're in the market or just in case you don't even know you're in the market, if you need help with uh, real estate and financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo and fill in the fill in the uh, the input form. Tell us, give us as much information as you want. Tell us how much information you want back. The interest rates are really, really, really good, and they're getting and they're slowly getting better. When the interest rates go up, they go up really fast, and when they come down, when the bond market facilitates that interest rates should come down, they go down really slow, and uh, and they just drift down slowly. So, which has been the case. For the last uh, month or two, and uh, and it also was slowed down because the mortgage industry wasn't quite ready for the volume of of people that can refinance. Um, the the industry is about fit the whole industry, the whole mortgage thing is about the whole mortgage debt in the whole country is about fifteen trillion dollars, and about ten trillion dollars of uh, of mortgages uh, could benefit from refinancing because how how low the interest rates are. The mortgage industry throughout the country typically does about one and a half trillion dollars a year. So you can imagine how understaffed and underprepared are. And, we, and you know, we can stretch everybody, working everybody over, over time and, and hiring people and training them. But that, that can stretch us to about two trillion. And uh, but other than that, we don't have the capacity to handle everybody. So some of the, some of the interest rates are, have uh, been coming down slower as a result of the industry not being prepared um, for the volume and just to kind of slow things down a little bit. So, you know, if you, if you're thinking about refinancing or if you think, if you're thinking about buying, seize the moment before everybody goes back to normal, because there's way less competition. Um, there's way less competition out there uh, than when everyone's, when everyone's shopping and we're going into the summer months. So it's when, when there's lots of competition for, uh, for houses out there. So if you get out there a little sooner, you have an advantage. And if you're thinking about refinancing, get started now, get started now, call us at 855-640-2020. And then we'll just float it until, until it's time to close or until you, we dictate when it's time to close based on when the rates are perfect. So anyway, 855-640-2020 or edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding logo. So in the first half, we've been talking about Fauci's, uh, Fauci's, uh, Fauci's fables. That's what we'll call it. Fauci's fables. The way Fauci is trying to control Fauci and the democratic party are trying to control, uh, the narrative, control what we think, what we, what we believe is going on and they can control as long as they can keep us in fear, they can control us. And that's what, that's what the, the Democrats want. They want to be able to control us 
um, so that they can just control all the money. They can control everything that's going on and stick everything in their pocket. And last week we talked about talked about all the money that Fauci made and why he doesn't want people taking hydroxychloroquine because he doesn't have the patent on it. He doesn't want to prove that. Yesterday we saw, yesterday on Thursday, we saw uh, Dr. Bright uh, being uh, Dr. Bright and Dr. Fauci in there. Dr. Bright's the one who actually sent uh, hydroxychloroquine to the FDA for approval and for approval to use on, on coronavirus. And at the same time, he's talking it down. I don't know why they want to, uh, to, to have two different storylines going on because, uh, you know, they want to cure things, but they just want to make sure they get all the money off of it. So uh, let's talk about the Democrats' next relief bill BS that they want to put out. Um, it's been a month since we passed the $2 trillion CARES Act, which was supported by Republicans in the White House. But since Nancy Pelosi and the House and the House Democrats refused to be outdone, they're planning to go ahead with a vote Friday, which is today. I've, I record on Fridays. They're not to be outdone. So they're going on this and they want to be uh, they're trying to get this three trillion dollar package that America doesn't even need. It's called the Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act. So does that make any sense? Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions doesn't make any doesn't seem to make any sense, but it does spell out H E R O E S heroes. So it's the Heroes Act. Uh, here's what uh, Nancy Pelosi claims it's about. We all know that we must put more money in the pockets of the American people. This is not only necessary for their survival, but it is also a stimulus to the economy. Direct payments, unemployment insurance, rental and mortgage help, and food and student loan assistance, among other things, are essential to relieve the fear that many families are facing. So let me think that this is vital to everybody's survival, but why should it be? There, there are people that don't have jobs are getting unemployment plus $600 a week. So a lot of them are taking home more than more than they were taking before. We're giving relief packages to companies that that don't even necessarily have any loss. They're getting they're getting relief because they promised to pay their employees, which I heard about one one building contractor in Texas that got ten million dollars. And all he has to do is promise that all his employees are still being paid. Well, all his employees are still being paid because they're still building houses in Texas. And one contractor got $10 million. So why do we need to give them more? They need mortgage assistance. But wait a minute. We're giving everybody a forbearance. All you got to do is call and ask, and you get, a, you get forbearance. So they don't, and they, they tell you they're not going to do anything to your credit. But that's a lie. That's a lie. But, uh, you know, if you're really hurting, you can, you can have your, your, uh, your mortgage payments for, uh, forbearance on that, which is not forgiveness. It just puts it on the back. And as that, as that accumulated interest that you're not paying goes on your, on your mortgage, the FICO scores see that you have an installment, installment loan that the balance is going up and it dings your credit as if you had late payments. Um, student loan assistance. Student loans is free money to uh, people that go to school. They don't have to pay it back till they go back to school. So why do they need student loan assistance? Stimulus to the economy. Well, I don't know a stimulus to the economy. Let's open it back up. So I don't understand what all this stuff she's talking about. But uh, one thing, one thing that we heard today is that it's uh, going to give a uh, local radio and TV and newspaper people an additional uh, stimulus, which which. Uh, equivalents it's equivalent to an extra $18 an hour for those people because they're on the front lines. They still have to do their jobs. Well, if they're still doing their jobs, why do we need to give them an extra $18 an hour? They maybe make $20 now. Now they're going to have $38 an hour. I just don't understand why all this stuff is happening. So among other things, she says, just what the, what would those other things be? So let's talk about some of the things that are in this, in this heroes act the Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act. First of all, $1,200 direct payment to, to every illegal immigrant. Well, you know, we don't know where they all are, but we're going to get them $1,200 each. How's that going to happen? Maybe they do know where everybody is. So, but $1,200 each to illegal immigrants. Hey, if you're not here leg- illegally, and if you're not here legally and, uh, and things aren't good here, go back to your other country. 
Amnesty provision for all illegal immigrants employed in essential services. This has nothing to do with doctors, healthcare workers. It includes all undocumented Im- immigrants employed in any food service or retail establishment. In other words, blanket amnesty. Well, you know what? We're, they don't want to build the wall and they don't want to uh, uh, keep illegals from registering to vote. And now they want to give them legal, legal, uh, legal citizenship or legal uh, residency amnesty for all of them just because of the coronavirus. I don't think so. An extension of current guest worker visas, again, supposedly for healthcare workers. Now, how does that work when American healthcare workers are being furloughed? We need to give them, in a, we need to extend their work visas for healthcare workers. People that are not here legally, they're here on on work visas from another country, but the American healthcare workers are being furloughed, uh, which is another word for being uh, laid off, put on on furlough, which means we're laying you off temporarily. A massive section of the bill is devoted to drugs, specifically, surprise, surprise, cannabis. For those of you who don't know the word cannabis, that's another word for weed, marijuana, Mary Jane. This bill uh, mentions cannabis 68 times. It orders the federal government to make efforts towards expanding access to financial services for minority-owned and women-owned cannabis legitimate businesses. Hmm. Is it about weed or is it about expanding financial services? Minority-owned and women-owned cannabis legitimate. So what if a white guy owns a legitimate cannabis business? Cuts him out, doesn't make anything for him. And my question is, why do the Democrats want more drugs in minority neighborhoods? I guess because if we keep them stoned, they will, uh, if we keep everybody stoned and on drugs, then we can control them, control them more, and they'll just, keep, uh, they'll just keep voting for Democrats. A so-called prison break provision that orders the release of every federal prisoner who has not just coronavirus, but also who has asthma, diabetes, or are over 50 years of age. The only way to prevent their release would be the Federal Bureau of Prisons can prove they are likely to commit violence against a specific person. Not violence in general. Hey, this guy gets out. He's going he's gonna to be violent. He's going he's gonna to be attack, uh, attacking people. No, they have to pose a, a threat to a specific person that the prison can name. So essentially, if you're over 50, you're out. If, you're, uh, if you've got asthma, which is about 50% of everybody, um, if you have asthma, you're out. If you have uh, diabetes, you're out. Or if you have coronavirus, you're out, which, as we've seen based on uh, the reports, everybody who has anything has COVID-19. Then there's a, then there's a censorship part. Uh, you knew this was coming. The bill includes $1 million for the National Science Foundation to study misinformation. The National Science Foundation, science, 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 testing, testing, testing. I have the National Science Foundation. Not really sure who that is or if that's something that just got made up in the last, in the last couple of weeks since the CARES Act went out. Um, so the bill includes $1 million for this foundation to study misinformation. Uh, could that be anything that Democrats don't like? Could it be studying anything that... Uh, the authorities don't want us to know. I don't know. It just sounds uh, sounds like something I don't want my tax money going to. The bill would place a two-year repeal on the SALT cap for state and local tax deductions. Well, what does that do? The state and local tax deduction cap, meaning that you can't write off more than $10,000 per year on state and local taxes. So your uh, California state tax and uh, and local local taxes. Uh, who would that help? That would help income na- the, the high-income neighborhoods in overtaxed blue states. In other words, it's a payday for everyone in Hollywood and rich New Yorkers who all donate to the Democrats. Bet on it. And finally, the bill called the HEROES Act would make lobbying firms eligible for small business administration loans and paycheck protection programs. So now Washington lobbyists are heroes too. So keep that, keep in mind, the Washington lobbyists, you know what they do for a living? All they do is represent big companies, go in to talk to congressmen and senators and get them to vote for things that benefit their specific companies. So the so the insiders, the the people for big companies that are paying lobbyists to go in and and uh, try and uh, bribe senators and and Congress people to vote for bills that that favor them, they're going to be heroes now, and it's going to and they're going to be eligible for for SBA loans and paycheck protection program. 
Here's Sager and Jetty, who's the chief correspondent for The Hill, on the same thing. If you would have tasked me with putting together a parody plan for elite Democrats who only pander to their constituency of rich people in blue states, illegal immigrants, criminals, and the cannabis industry, I still probably could not have put something together that looks like this. I mean, if they're going to take out $3 trillion in taxpayer money, every single dollar of that should be appropriated to the American citizens and businesses who the government forced to go out of work. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had an opportunity. Members of her caucus were pushing for that type of legislation to be included in this package, and they explicitly rejected it in favor of bailing out the lobbyist industry, in favor of funding things on environmental racism and justice, diversity and inclusion, female minority, expanding access in order to put drugs on the streets in America. You literally cannot make these things up. And of course, enriching the blue state, Hollywood and Wall Street liberals who are financing this party and Vice President Joe Biden's campaign. So think about this. President Barack Hussein Obama, in eight years he was in there, ran our national debt up by $10 trillion. And what did we get to show for that? Did we get a wall on the southern border? No. Did we uh, build up our military? No. Did we stimulate the economy? No. Uh, we Did we give out money for free on uh, EBT cards and encourage people to not work? Yes. Did we give people unemployment for two years instead of six months? Yes. Did we uh, give people free Obama phones, whether they wanted them or they didn't want them? Yes. Did we give out people, uh, We did we did we pay for school lunches for kids that can afford their lunches? Yes. These are all stories that I've talked about over the last several years. I've been on the radio here for 12 and a half years. So- I comment on all this stuff going forward. We spent $10 trillion just wasting it. We give we stimulate uh, uh, companies that uh, do solar like Solyndra and then have them uh, take $500 million and then file bankruptcy. Yes. Did we stimulate wind companies? Yes. Did we, did we stimulate all kinds of weird stuff that, you know, the, the, there is a, there's a company in, uh, in uh, New York that we push, push money towards a, a dying a dying uh, solar company instead of buying uh, ventilators and uh, in the, in the state of New York. And did, uh, did they have the ventilators when they need them? No, they didn't. We wasted money on, on dumb stuff. So we have nothing to show for it. Trump has spent 3 trillion in the last, in the last three years. And we got a, we got the wall being built on the Southern border. Our military is, is all built up. We've got the newest technology. We've got uh, our, our, uh, our military ready to be be able to take on just just anybody else in the world, which is probably a good thing based on what's going on uh, between us and China. Uh, our economy is booming. People are back to work, and of course, a large part of that three trillion is because we cut taxes for companies to stimulate them to create jobs. And in those first couple of years after that, they're going to take all kinds of tax deductions on expanding their business, which means they spend a bunch of money, and as a result. They didn't have to pay as much taxes, but in the years following that, they don't spend those money. We don't spend the money because they already spent it, and now all the all those people are paying taxes, and the business is booming. That'll come back. So if you understand how it works, so Trump spent money as if it were his own, investing in things that we need, things that are permanent. Um, so between the between the three trillion we've already spent. Or the three trillion of this new one, and we spent another four trillion already in the first three three things. We spent seven trillion dollars because of coronavirus. Now I understand we need to spend some money, but seven trillion dollars in three months. I don't think this makes sense. I just don't think this makes sense. And we need to we need to say, hey, what is what is the what is the motive of Nancy Pelosi? Nancy Pelosi just turned 80. Diane Feinstein just is 86 years old. I think, uh, you know, why are all these people staying, staying in government that isn't supposed to be that lucrative? Why are they staying in government when they should be retiring and, and they got lots of money? I just don't I, I don't, I don't, I can't look at it and say, hey, I can understand they have a calling. I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that. We need term limits and we need to start watching what these people are doing with our money because, you know, who's going to pay for it? our kids, and our grandkids. 
and the country may not be here for our grandkids to live in a in a great country that we grew up in and we need to be we need to be vocal about this we need to be talking well, don't talk about religion or politics i think it's time so let's talk about michael flynn Michael Flynn, the next big thing that's happening this week. On Wednesday, a list was released of everyone who requested to unmask the identity of the former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, after spying on his phone calls with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak during the presidential transition. The time between November when the election happened and January 20th when, the, uh, when, when he was inaugurated. Now, remember, the, foreign, the FISA court is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. That's where they're able to to listen to people from foreign countries to make sure they're not doing anything that's a security problem for our country. But in the meanwhile, while they're listening to the foreign ambassador from, uh, from Russia, while they're listening to his phone calls because they want to make sure there's no security problems, they're also listening to someone from our country, and they mask that off because there's no reason for us to, kn- to know what's going on until there's a reason to know. So, so apparently there's a list of people that unmasked it to make it public that Michael Flynn's talking to people from Russia. And of course that fits their narrative because they needed to have an insurance policy to make sure that they could get rid of Trump if he happened to be elected. So this was declassified by the acting director of intelligence of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, and then sent to Republican senators, Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, who made the documents public. Every person on the list was a member of Obama administration. and One of them is vice president, Joe Biden, the kind, decent, totally mentally competent man who allegedly raped a staff member. But other than that, he's definitely qualified to be president. Not. The list is on a, is on a meeting request by, uh, sent by Obama's chief of staff, Dennis McDonough. The meeting, the meeting in, uh, involved uh, President Barack Hussein and Obama, Joseph Biden, the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, CIA director, John Brennan, national security advisor, Susan Rice, and Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates. And also makes mention of a shocker, FBI Director James Comey. I'm sure Biden thought he could get a pass from the media on this. So far, at least one one person has shown some guts, George Stephanopoulos, on Good Morning America. I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. This is a game this guy plays all the time. You say you didn't know anything about it, but you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question Michael Michael Flynn over those uh, conversations he had with the uh, Russian ambassador Kislyak. I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that there, they asked for an investigation, but that's all I know about it. Yeah, well, he just said he was, had known nothing about him being investigated. And then when he found out that we knew that he knew about him being investigated, he said, oh, well, I thought you meant, did I know anything about him being prosecuted? Joe Biden is dirty. Uh, here's, here's Town Hall's editor, Katie Pavlich, with a real reality check. Um, and, and, and a quite, quite frankly, the best timeline I've heard. It's not a diversion to ask questions about why the Obama administration was talking about withholding information from the incoming administration and, quite frankly, asking questions about meetings that came to fruition during the transition that later, uh, looking back, were, were used to find to, to uh, develop plans into the future about how to harm the incoming Trump administration. You know, if you want to talk about timelines, let's talk about timelines. In December, the FBI was told that there was no derogatory information found on Flynn because they were listening to his phone calls. On January 4th, the case was supposed to be closed, and Peter Strzok said, keep it open, the seventh floor is involved. Well, that is code for FBI Director James Comey. The next day, on January 5th, James Comey went to the, F- to the White House and had a meeting with Barack Obama, uh, the former CIA Director John Brennan, DNI Clapper, Susan Rice, jo- Joe Biden, and uh, the Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates. And after that meeting, you had her uh, Obama have her stay and he informed her that Michael Flynn was being listened to. And then January 12th rolls around. Joe Biden makes this unmasking request. It shows up in The Washington Post. And then on January 24th, FBI, FBI agents, after Flynn was cleared by the FBI with no derogatory information, were sent by James Comey after this meeting in the Oval Office 
going around all of the protocols to ask Flynn questions after writing notes about saying, do we want to get him to lie? Are we trying to prosecute him? Are we trying to get him fired? So there is a timeline here. And then one more thing, if you extrapolate that out to what was said during the Russia investigation, people like John Brennan used information from the transition period to accuse the administration of doing things that they weren't doing, which is why his security clearance was pulled. So my question is, as Obama goes out of office, shouldn't he be be more concerned about the country and making a smooth transition instead of making sure they covered their butts and this make sure that we're uh, that we don't get burned for anything and we'll make up some stuff on on Trump and I just think that's dirty and I think they're all going to go down for it. President Trump commented on the revelations to Maria Bartiromo this week this week, including his thoughts on Biden's denial. They weren't after General Flynn. They wanted him to lie about me, make up a story. And with few exceptions, nobody did that. There were many people. I watched KT McFarlane the other day. I watched where she was knock, knock, FBI, you know, the FBI, okay? This was all Obama. This was all Biden. These people were corrupt. The whole thing was corrupt. And we caught them. We caught them. And what you saw just now, I watched Biden yesterday. He could barely speak. He was on Good Morning America, right? And he said he didn't know anything about it. And now it just gets released right after he said that. It gets released that he was one of the unmaskers, meaning he knew everything about it. So he lied to your friend George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, they're all dirty. The whole Obama administration is dirty, and I hope they all go down. I hope they all get put in jail. Hey, folks, listen to all this stuff today. Think about it. Make up your own decisions. Don't take my word for it, and certainly don't take any of the BS you're hearing on TV. Put it all together and say, hey, what makes sense to me? What? How do these numbers all add up? Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer.